Welcome everyone to Horror Cafe, where we're serving up a cup of horror one episode at a time. I'm Erica. And I'm Jackie. And this is episode 11. Today we're talking about the woman in black. (laughs) (laughs) This is definitely your movie. It is. It is. So what are we drinking? (laughs) Well, I treated us today to the Starbucks pistachio frappuccino. Oh my God, I hope they never take this away. This is really good. I mean, really, really good and addicting. And I almost wish that they do take it away because I'm going to want this all the time. I hear you. It's so good. <laughs> it Maybe, is. but I'm, I'm scared that by the time this airs, it might be gone. Yeah, it could possibly oh no. be gone by then. It could, it could. Tell us the plot. <clears throat> Arthur Kipps, a lawyer, is recently widowed and grieving the loss of his wife when he is sent to a remote village to put a deceased eccentric's affairs in order. Soon after his arrival, it becomes clear that the villagers are hiding a terrible secret. Kipps discovers that his late client's house is haunted by the spirit of a woman who is trying to find someone and something she lost. And that no one, not even the children, are safe from her terrible wrath. Ooh. (laughs) Now, for once, I agree with this plot. The way it's written out. Yes. All right. Because it, yes. It does summarize the idea. And it's the right drama because this movie is very dramatic. Well, it's a gothic. So Yeah. It is. I love this movie. I loved it then. I still love it now. It is a great haunting story. Remember, I love my found footage, but number one genre within horror are ghosts. So would you say that a gothic haunting story is more up your alley? I don't know. I'd have to look up what, what another gothic haunting is. Hmm. Because I don't really know. I didn't even think this was considered a gothic haunting. Yes. What does that mean? It, it, it has a lot of points that make it gothic. A setting itself, mm. where it is in a remote location in a castle, mm-hmm. a a troubled protagonist, some deep dark secret, some kind of haunting, mm. um, an eerie moody setting. There's a oh, bunch maybe. of different things that define a gothic um, uh, movie and even gothic literature as mm. well. So I, this to me is along the lines of a gothic haunt. Well, it is considered a gothic supernatural yes. movie. And not to be confused with the goth of, you know, years gone by. I don't yes. know what era that was anymore, but it's not the same thing. No, it's not. Um, and I also like that it's an unhappy ending. The ending is very shocking because mm-hmm. it's not what I expect, which we'll get to. Plus... On a side note, it has Daniel Radcliffe, who I enjoy watching as an actor. I have a sentimental attachment to him growing up watching Harry Potter. And I just think he's underrated and he's actually really good mm-hmm. in the things that we've seen him in. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, you know, a little thing about the movie. And I did watch this at the movies. It was scary. Like I was jumping and I was jumping now. And this is also a book, which I'll mention in a few which I also recommend. The book hmm. is really good. And Did you read it? And it's a quick read. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, I am pretty much done with what I'm reading, almost done with what I'm reading. I think I'll try that. I recommend it. Cool. So I like this movie a lot. Again, it's a gothic storyline, and it's a genre that I used to read 
when I was younger. And that, I believe, eventually led to my reading horror novels as a whole. Mm. Um, Like you, I just think that Daniel Radcliffe is a hell of an actor. And even more important is that he was able to break out of what could have ended his career typecasting. Yeah. We've seen him in so many different roles from serious drama to horror to quirky to outright comedy. And this guy can mold himself to each role. Yeah. I think he is an underrated, underappreciated actor. Agree. And he's awesome. I I love seeing him. Me too. I would love to meet him too and just be like, hey, mate. (laughs) He seems like a... A nice guy. He does. He j- he seems weird and quirky from, like, interviews I've seen him in. But he even went on SNL. Like, he's Oh, he's, that's he's right. Good. You did show me that whole rap thing that he does. Yeah, right. And he does that, like, on talk shows. Like, he just seems like a down-to-earth person. Right. Shout out to you if you're listening to this podcast somewhere, Daniel Radcliffe. That would be pretty amazing. That would be kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on to movie facts. Yep. All right, so Rotten Tomatoes, critics gave it 66% and audience gave it 54 So this is a pretty fair, I would rate it higher, but that's because I like the movie yeah. a lot. Um, yeah. But 66 from critics, that's pretty damn good. Yeah, that is. I agree. You know? I didn't realize this movie was so old. It's <laughs> yeah, 10 it years old. It's literally 10 years old. Wow. Already. It's anniversary passed. Yeah, we just missed it because we're watching this, obviously, in advance. Can you believe that 10 years have passed since then? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's crazy. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. That's Anyway. So this was released February 3rd of 2012. Mm-hmm. And like I said, this is considered a uh, gothic supernatural horror movie. It is based on Susan Hill's 1983 novel of the same name. And apparently there was another movie Hmm. made. Originally, it was made in 1989. So this is technically a remake. Oh. So I didn't realize that this was made before. (laughs) I had never heard of it. Me either. Not even back then. Before filming, Radcliffe saw a psychologist so that he can better understand his character. So that's cool. Who is a grieving widow. Who is a grieving widow. Right. The part of Joseph Kipps, which is the son of um, Arthur Kipps, is actual is Daniel Radcliffe's real life godson. Hmm. I thought that was kind of cool. Filming started in early October of 2010 and finished in December. So, what is that? Three months? Yeah, that's pretty fast. Yeah, cool. The exterior 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 <laughs> shots of uh, Il Marsh House, so it's real, was filmed at. I'm going to Cotter Stock Hall near Oldill in central England. I don't know. It's not like we know where any of this is, but, you know, they are mm-hmm. real. The fictional Nine Lives Causeway leading to to the house was filmed in Osea Island in Essex. I did look that up. It's a tiny little island. Really? Yeah, mm. it's cool to look at it on Google. The village of... Uh, Crithen Gifford. Sure. Was filmed at Halton Gill, north of Settle, in the Yorkshire Yorkshire Dales. All right, then. This is very, like, England is very confusing to me in the sense of all these regions and then areas within the regions and then Mm -hmm. areas, areas within the areas in the regions. It's it's interesting. I find it fascinating. And the names are just also, like... 
amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the point is they were all on location settings, which I thought was cool. The point of me telling you this is that they were real places that they used. Mm-hmm. On opening weekend, the woman in black earned $20 million. I'd say that's quite a bit. And by June of 2012, the woman in black had made 127.7 million worldwide. That's some ch- that's some money right there, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, normally you add all this section. This mm-hmm. is like your fun section, but I am going to contribute just one little thing. Mhm. This was Daniel Radcliffe's very first movie after completing the Harry Potter series. Nice. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I believe the last Harry Potter came out in 2011. So, yeah, that makes sense. Good one. Yeah. I like it. Oh, and the gentleman that's friendly to him in the movie. Hardy, um, no? Mr. Sam Daly. No, Daly, Daly, yeah. He um, was also in Harry Potter with him (laughs) in the last movie. So All roads lead to Harry Potter. Yes. Apparently. It really does. (laughs) All right, so let's go straight into the movie. Mm-hmm. Let's introduce the characters. Okay. We have Arthur Kipps, who is the main character, and he is a lawyer, and he's a widow, and a single dad now. Mm-hmm. There's Joseph, who is Arthur's son. Sam Daly, who is the, I call him the friendly villager to Arthur. Right. We have Elizabeth Daly, who is Sam's wife. Nathaniel Darblo? No, Darble? Drablo. Drablo. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> He is the a dead child. We'll get to it later. Then we have Alice Drablo, who is the, I'm going to call him Nathaniel's foster mother. Mm-hmm. And her sister is Jeanette. Jeanette, right? Mm-hmm. Humphrey. Humphrey, who is the real mother of Nathaniel. And she is the woman in black. And we have Mr. Jerome, who is the local attorney. And, you know, assorted villagers. Mm -hmm. So the opening to this movie is rather shocking. It is. Because it's set up as a cute, quaint little scene of three little girls playing dollies and tea. And they're just having a grand old time. It Mm -hmm. reminded me of when you and I and you were little and we would play tea. Mm -hmm. But then all of a sudden it turns very ominous and they become very serious. Mm -hmm. And the three of them get up and you see them lined up next to each other. And it's a, a forward, like looking at them kind of view, but they look like they're in a, a some like kind of hypnotized a or something. Yeah. yeah, hypnotized. And then you see a back view, and they're up in the attic, and the attic had the has these three full length um, beautiful windows, windows, beautiful windows. They step up to the to the bench, and then they just jump out of the window. Yep. And then you hear this woman just screaming, "My babies, my babies!" And it's like. Ta-da! There you go. Sets the scene. It sets the mood. Yeah. Already. We meet Arthur. We quickly learn that he is a widow, single dad, that he is a solicitor or lawyer, and that he is being sent out to this manor, estate, to take care of the paperwork that tie up loose ends, look for the wills, look through all these mounds of paperwork because this woman has died, you know, they died and they need to settle the estate. There we go. Settle the estate. And this is basically his last chance. Yeah. 
because I guess he has fallen behind or hasn't put in his part at the firm, and the boss says it. Yeah. We're not a charity case. You know, we gave you time, and you need to step up. And this is where we learn that the local attorney, Mr. Jerome, is not being cooperative, and that is why Arthur is being sent out there, because they're just not getting anywhere with this guy. Little do they know what awaits. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) When the scene opens to Arthur at the beginning, he is shaving. And just by his overall demeanor, you can tell that this is a very sad person. Yes. And he's shaving, and he actually puts the the straight razor that he's using to shave under his chin, which kind of gives you the feeling. It's very quick, and maybe not everybody picks up on it. But maybe he's even contemplating ending his life because you can tell he's just downtrodden. Yeah. And in that scene, he looks in the mirror and he sees his wife. And of course, when he turns around, she's not there. She's gone. Right. But you can tell he right from the beginning, you could tell he's a very sad individual um, and it's portrayed very well. The Mm -hmm. loss of his wife has been a very big hit on him. I guess not even having the child is... But think about it, though. That child is there, but his wife died giving birth to that child. So maybe it's a reminder? It's a constant reminder. Which we do learn um, that that's how his wife died, is mm-hmm. by giving birth. So mm-hmm. not even the child has... A memory has of mom. Has a memory. Yeah. And the thing is, how old is this kid? Right. Three or four. Yeah. Right? Because it's talking already. And that means that... Poor Arthur has been like this for three, four years yeah, already. at least. So that's affecting his job this whole time. Yes, and it, there's a, a, a hint at the fact that there are bills mounting up. Yes, when he's packing, it says mm-hmm. overdue on right. something. So, so there's a, a, a ton of stuff going on. Yeah. And when he goes to leave, because he's on final warning, this mm-hmm. is it. It's like, get your shit together or you're out. Yep. Um... He's leaving and the nanny stays with the kid and the kid gives him a drawing. And even the child has noticed it because he's like, why did you draw me like this? He goes, because you're always sad. Yeah. And it's true. And clearly for years. So he takes a train Mm -hmm. to Grithen, no, Grithen Gifford. (laughs) And that's where he meets Mr. Daly. Mm -hmm. And they have a nice exchange on the train and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And he gets into town. Yep. He goes to the inn. Yep. It's a very quaint little town. But when he gets there, they tell him, yeah, there's nothing here. Like there. There is no room for you. Right. Arthur makes it sound like the firm. Right. You know, called an advance reservation. And they're telling him, no. We got nothing. Yeah. But as he's walking towards the the inn, you see people staring at him out the window. Kind of weird. Mm -hmm. Because they know he's coming, I assume. Because of the way they just kind of... It's a small town. Everybody talks. So anyway, back to the inn. They tell him, nope, we don't have anything. There was nothing ever made. But then um, the innkeepers, I guess, assume is his wife. Yeah. Says, well, you can stay in the attic. Right, because it's pouring outside. Yeah. And she's like, we can't put him outside. And they offer the attic. Well, she offers the attic. Yes. The husband's not so happy with the idea. Mm Mm-mm. And what we find is that the attic is the room from which the three little girls jumped out the window. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. (laughs) It's the next day, and Arthur goes to meet the local solicitor, a.k.a. Jerome. He goes in, and he is 
basically not welcome. Right. I mean, he's been unwelcomed. That's the way to say since he stepped foot off the train. So basically, Jerome says to him, it's done. This is the paperwork. He gives him like this, what is it, manila envelope mm-hmm. full of paper. And Arthur's like, uh, I think there's more than this. Right. And they throw really thin little things. Yeah, and the his boss made it seem like it was a mountain of paperwork. Mm-hmm. So he's like, no, you know, I'll just go to the house. And Jerome's like, no. Right. So Arthur is resourceful and asks the driver to take him there. He has to pay him. Yeah. But he asks him to take him to Eelmarsh. Mm-hmm. We realize and we learn that this Eelmarsh is very far it's on this huge, well, the causeway to get there is long, very far away, and mm-hmm. it's on its own little island. Yeah. I love the manor. I know you do. It it's was beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. You know, even destroyed. Well, it's not really destroyed. It's just overgrown and mm-hmm. unkept. It's beautiful mm-hmm. there. And I did make this point. How long has this woman or person been dead? Well, according to what I read on some some of the Reddits and, and also saw in some videos about it. She's only been dead about a month. So how did the house get so unkept? Maybe she wasn't keeping it up. Oh, okay. Think about it. She may have been haunted all these years by the woman in black. All right. That's fair. Because, like, how did it get so bad in a month? I mean, yeah. I guess that is possible, but damn. No, no. This I was don't think overgrown so. to the point. We have a clear example a couple True. of blocks from here from an abandoned house that it's yeah. like we've seen it slowly. Okay, yeah. so that makes sense then. Maybe mm-hmm. she went crazy. Maybe. Wouldn't you? <laughs> so Arthur goes into the house. The driver says that he'll be back at five because this is a marsh. So the tide goes in and out and covers the causeway that it's undrivable. Right. So he'll be back at five, I believe is what mm-hmm. he said. So yeah. he goes into the house and he starts to try to light a lantern in there. And you you get a glimpse. The first glimpse. Of her in the background. But he doesn't see her. But he doesn't see her. Only you see her. Yeah. And then you do see the mountain of papers. It but is a legit everywhere. mountain. Yes. It's everywhere. We get a first clue of what's going on here. He finds a death certificate of Nathaniel, who was a seven-year-old child, and it says that he drowned in the marsh. Mm-hmm. That body was not recovered. Of course, Arthur explores the house. Wouldn't you? Well, he explores it because he hears some noises upstairs. Mm. And he goes upstairs. Well, I, I guess I would go explore. But we shouldn't. But I would take a bat with me or whatever. Some kind of something. And um, when he goes upstairs, he actually passes the bathroom. And then yet again, we get another glimpse of the woman in black. Very quick. Yes. And he tries to open a door where he thinks the sounds are coming from, mm-hmm. but the door is locked. Yeah. When he pulls his hand away, I don't know if you noticed this, but there was like some like mud on his hands mm. from the doorknob. Yeah, that's true. Then Arthur looks out the window and who does he see? Who? The woman in black. <laughs> so, of course, he goes and she's near like the gravestones. Right. And, of course, when he goes, she's not there. Because they have a graveyard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the island. It's kind of, I guess, an all-in-one kind of place. (laughs) Birth and death. 
<laughs> well, I think a lot of those estates have their yeah. own, like, family graveyard. I've mm-hmm. noticed in these kind of situations. If you if you ever watched, I know you, did you? You did. You watched The Haunting of Bly Manor. Oh, God, yeah. And they had their own graveyard. little church yeah. and their own graveyard. It mm-hmm. seems to be like a, a thing. Yeah. Which makes sense because you keep it within your family. family. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so of course he goes investigates. She's not there, and he starts hearing eerie voices. And then as he's getting scared, the driver comes back, right, and picks him up and takes him back to town. Now, when he first arrived, you know Sam Daly apparently is the only one in the town who has a car, and mm-hmm. everybody thinks it's weird, right? Because I'm sure back then, if you machinery was considered odd and like witchcrafty and magical and something evil whatever right Right. so he asked arthur that night do you want to join us for dinner and he agreed so now we're gonna go have dinner with the dailies Mm -hmm. and we discover that they also lost their son when and let's just back it up a little bit when um Arthur gets to town, he goes directly to the constable to report what's going on at the house, that there's somebody there. And all of a sudden, you see these two boys bring in what appears to be their sister. And she's all pale and kind of greenish around the gills, so to speak. And she's looks like she's dying. And she starts, like, vomiting blood. Mm -hmm. And what we discover is that this child has drank lye. Mm -hmm. And lye will eat you from the inside out. Yeah. So it's like a, oh my God, an mm-hmm. incident. And the, the kid does die, and mm-hmm. it creates like this upheaval in, in the, the town. In the town. And we, you know, we'll find out later. Mm-hmm. So Arthur goes to dinner with Sam. And Sam, like I said, like they lost their own son as well, but he mentions to Arthur, do not talk about it. Right. In front of Elizabeth, the wife. We get to the Sam Daly's, to the Daly's house. It's a beautiful home. You can mm-hmm. tell they come from money or yeah. have money. And they also have their own little tomb. Yeah, their own little graveyard. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, and when, you, when you're looking at the environment, there's paintings and pictures of their son mm-hmm. everywhere. I forgot his name. Do you remember his name? I don't remember. Great. Child. The Nicholas. Daily- Nicholas. It's Nicholas. There, there you we go. go. And... The wife brings him up after what, you know, Sam said, don't bring, don't bring up the kid. But, you know, she brings him up and we also meet the twins because <laughs> she says to the, they have like a wait, a waiter, a, a butler. butler. They're like, oh, bring the twins. And Sam Daly's like, what? No, not. And she's like, no, I don't think Arthur will mind the twins. And Arthur's <laughs> like, no, it's fine. And you think it's going to be children, but it's two little chihuahuas. <laughs> It was kind of cute and funny. Call them Chihuahuas. Uh, It was kind of cute. And she has them in um, little outfits. In outfits, and he and she puts them in high chairs and feeds them both from spoons. Yep. At the dinner table. Yeah, yeah. But hey, I am not going to critique anyone on their love for their pet. Absolutely not, because we love our pets too. Yes, we do. As they're having dinner, all of a sudden, as you put here, Mrs. Daly has a cow. <laughs> she has, apparently she's, what are we, clairvoyant? Or like a medium? Mm-hmm. And she's convinced, Sam Daly doesn't think so, he just thinks that it's anxiety and delusional, delusional that 
but Elizabeth Daly thinks that her son is talking through her. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, she just goes into like this hypnosis, grabs the knife, and starts carving the drawing table. in the dinner table, which is unfortunate because that's a really nice table. It is. That's like if I did that to your dining oh, room. Oh God, table. I, I think I, I think would, I would be dead. I would flip out. I would become the girl in black. <laughs> <laughs> to you because she scribbled on the dinner table yes yes and you know they take her they sam daly comes and with the with the butler and kind of puts a medication for her to inhale to calm her down right. and they take her away knocks her out completely eventually the scene you know it's nighttime they're winding down now sam daly and arthur are talking about her issues mm-hmm then it's bedtime, and Arthur goes to look at this drawing, and it's a hanging. Yes, that's it's something right. hanging. He looks at what she carved out on Later. the table, right? Yeah, as he's getting, I guess, ready to leave. Ready to, and what? Right. Yeah, what you see is a depiction of a woman being hung or right. hung, right? So we don't really understand what that is. Not yet. Yet. Did you notice? I mean, they show it later. I think, again, one of the paintings that Elizabeth Daly made Mm -hmm. was two children in the ocean, and there's a woman in black at the front of the painting. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. That's talked about later in the movie, It is talked. Okay. I thought so, but just in case. Yep. It's the next day, and Arthur tries to go talk to Jerome again. It is a failure. (laughs) As we anticipate. So Sam offers to take him to Eel Marsh. Arthur says, I'm just going to stay here and work through the night to finish faster. And Sam is kind of like, eh. But he says, all right, well, at least take the dog. Right. So that's, you know, Not the twin dogs, because they have another dog. They have another dog. But take the other dog just to have some company. Mm -hmm. I like that this time, even though it's daytime still, Arthur decides to light up the house. He went around and lit up a bunch of candles, so he's definitely taking care of that. <laughs> Turning on the lights. He turned on the lights. In, yes, you know, did. in that house, because there is there is some electricity, I think, but I not think everywhere. at the point of that changeover. I don't yeah. know that no, there I don't was think in that house. They didn't. It was the dailies that had yeah. electricity. So he went around and lit up candles everywhere. Mm-hmm. Arthur explores again. There's that mysterious door. All right. So when he goes up the stairs in this manner, mm-hmm. you can either go right or left. He right. always goes to the right. And to the left, you never see what's on the left wing mm-hmm. because it's just like this dark, ominous something on that side. You just see like a curtain. Two curtains that fold. Or, you know, are drawn. side. Yeah, they're drawn. But it's just complete darkness. It's very dark at the end of that hall. My biggest like, ugh. Yeah. Because you don't see anything. Mm-hmm. And then on the right is always where the action's happening mm-hmm. with the, with him and the movie. It's this longer hallway with bedrooms and a bathroom. Mm-hmm. So at the end of it is a door that won't open. And he has all the keys and none of them work. Right. As he's trying to open this, you know, he, of course, more noise, more noise. He goes into the bathroom now to explore. And as he looks back... The, the bathroom door has this frosted glass kind of thing, and he sees a tiny handprint. Oh, And not yeah. a handprint. Like, literally, it's a hand 
up against the... A hand just slams yeah. against the glass. And then it just goes away and you hear, like, running. And you're like, oh, shit. He ends up back outside to explore the outside because uh, more noises and things lead him back outside. Is this where he sees the grave of Janet? Yes. Or Jeanette. Jeanette. Well, it's spelled Janet, but... Jeanette, Jeanette Humphrey? Yes. And as he's walking back to the house he looks up well initially in the in the shot it doesn't do zoom in if you look carefully at the top right window you you the audience see her you mm -hmm. see the woman in black but then it does focus him seeing her and he's right. like oh shit what is that right so he runs up and of course she's not there anymore when he not. gets there because they tend to do that they these do ghosts but then, of course, as he's looking out the window, in that same spot, she shows up behind him. Right. Oh, for, yes. For that's a nice right. good scare. <laughs> <laughs> he goes back to his mountain of paperwork. <laughs> and it literally is a mountain. We find out the beef. Mm hmm. So we have two sisters. Jeanette has Nathaniel. And it seems like her sister seems to think that she is unfit, that Jeanette is unfit to take care of Nathaniel. I mm -hmm. guess maybe she's mentally... Maybe mentally compromised? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she basically takes the kid away from her, and that's what's hinted at in letters. I wonder if it's that the sister... Was it Alice? Yes, Alice. Alice. Mm -hmm. Maybe she wasn't able to have kids and was jealous. It could be. We don't really find out that reason mm -hmm. at least or i missed it but we don't have a legit reason i don't know if in the book it's explained a little bit better and i just i mean i read that years ago so right. i don't remember but basically that's what happened mm -hmm. and jeanette was so upset and distraught because she wasn't letting her talk to the son or she wasn't alice wasn't giving nathaniel the letter she was sending right all these things and she hangs herself Mm -hmm. In the nursery, right. which now explains the hanging drawing. Right. But in those letters, you actually see them. And mm -hmm. you can see her Her handwriting is very... Angry. Angry. It is angry handwriting. You yeah. can see it over and over her writing. He is mine. He is mine. Mm -hmm. And you get... Ooh, I'm getting a chill from that. Mm -hmm. You You realize the anger with which Jeanette had towards... Her sister. Yeah. The fact that she could not be with her child. And in one of the letters, she says, I will never forgive you. Yes. Never, ever forgive and you. And this is emphasis on never, ever, because she is just angry. She is very vengeful. Yeah. On everyone. Yes. Arthur kind of dozes off. And you see her in the background again, like in the far mm -hmm. background. And then we hear, what do we hear? A rocking chair sound. Your favorite thing. It's a common You know, theme. I'm thinking next year I'm going to give you a rocking chair please for your birthday. Please don't. Just please don't. I'm going to give you like a real cool antique one. Who knows? It might come with extras. Oh, thanks. Attached to Please it. don't. <laughs> so but yes, we hear that rocking chair back and forth. And of course, he goes to investigate. And what do we find out? It's in that room that was locked. And now it is magically unlocked. Which is the nursery. Yes. 
find out what happens when we come back after this quick break. When he gets closer to this rocking chair, you as a viewer see a flash of the, the woman, woman in black, black sitting in it. Of course, I screamed. You screamed periodically throughout this movie. I did. Even though you've seen it many times. I have. But, you know, it's all good. Then, of course, the rocking stops. Mm -hmm. We discover we're in the nursery, which is where right. um, Jeanette hung herself. And... Arthur finds this opening or something in the wallpaper that he pulls it out, pulls it apart, sorry, and what's written there in blood is, you could have saved him. So we're referring back to what he found out. Alice, I guess coming home, got into an, you know, an, an accident on the marsh where mm -hmm. it was basically sucking the car, the carriage. The carriage, right. In, and Nathaniel died. Right. Drowned in the marsh. And apparently Jeanette feels that she could have saved the child. And that she's also pissed that she didn't even bother to get the body. Right. Left it in the marsh. In the marsh. Granted, how do you get... I mean, that stuff is like quicksand. It is, but I can see her point, though. Yeah. Because, well, Arthur... Yes. Arthur... We'll get there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Arthur goes to the window and he sees a child pop out of the marsh. A boy. A boy. Who we obviously assume is Nathaniel. Mm -hmm. Then we see some, you know, ghostly handprints. Materialize on the window that he's looking out through. Then we hear a woman screaming. And when he looks, who's there? The woman in black. <laughs> and of course, guess who else screamed? Me. Yes. <laughs> Then we hear the dog barking. He goes outside, you know, to the front door. And now there's dead children just hanging Around, out. Yeah, hanging out. It, it, I have to do, I have to make a point here. It is always foggy on, yeah. at, on that little island. So yeah. it's always shrouded in fog, which of course amplifies the, the tension. The, the ambiance. Yes, the ambiance. <laughs> Arthur comes back in and finds kid foot. Footprints. Of course, it leads to the nursery. Uh, yeah. And as he gets to the nursery, he officially sees Jeanette hanging herself. Like, you see, you know, a memory of it. Mm -hmm. The impression. Happening. Yeah. Of course, Arthur freaks out because, I mean, who wouldn't? Yeah. And he runs out of the room, but at that creepy left side of the dark, you know, in the, the dark other hall, mm -hmm. she's coming out of that hall now. So he turns to go into a room to hide, but even in there, some ran some kid pops out of a mattress. <laughs> like, <laughs> shit, this guy can't catch a break. <laughs> so he bravely runs downstairs. As he's leaving, he runs into Sam Daly, who yep. came anyway to, to check up, up on him and pick him up. Because no, it's the next it's morning. It's 8 a.m. It's already the next morning. Oh, I didn't it's catch that. Yes, it's like... His whole night was spent running, running around, around chasing he, ghosts. He found out some things, but he basically did spend the night yeah. running in circles. He didn't go through that mountain of paper. That sucks. <laughs> anyway, so they go back to town. And now there's a fire mm -hmm. at the Jerome out. solicitor. Because it looks like he lives and does business, business out of there. His home, yeah. And we discover that... Well, they hinted at it when mm -hmm. he first went. It looked like Jerome's wife was coming up 
With a tray of food. With a tray of food. Left whatever. So what's on fire is their daughter's room, which which is is in the basement. basement. She's locked in there. She's locked in there. So Arthur takes it upon himself. I don't know what made him want to do this is go and say, I guess because to make up. I think he felt guilty. He's realizing what this is all about. Yeah. So he goes down there to try to save the child. And it just doesn't work. This scene is horrifying. It is. Because you see the girl on the other side of a fire that's dividing the room. Yeah. And then to the girl's left is the woman in black just standing, standing there. there. And mm-hmm. boy, is she pissed off. This woman is always mad. Like, well, like real, like her face yeah. really shows her anger. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, this kid just, she has one of those kerosene lamps in her hand, mm-hmm. and she just drops it, and she catches fire. And she doesn't scream. No. Which is just as scary. Yeah. So obviously, she does not survive, and everyone's upset, and basically blaming Arthur. Yeah. So Arthur is not welcome at the inn, even in the attic. So, of course, the dailies offer for, for, him, to, yeah. for him to stay. She fi- So Arthur is walking in the grounds and finds Mrs. Daly at the family tomb, mm-hmm. just standing there. And she just looks at him and she says, you've seen her. She you, knows. She automatically. Knows. Yeah. And then this is where we find out that when you see her, a child is dying or dies violently. Violently. That's the catchword here. And that's the curse of her and this town, basically, because mm-hmm. it is affecting the town. She goes into one of her cows or fits, and now she draws on the tomb, <laughs> my God, um, a train with, well, a train and then... Arthur and Joseph. Right. We don't know what that means, but it's drawn on there. So Arthur thinks that if they recover the body and they put the body with Jeanette, they will be together and this will stop this curse. So, of course, he wants to go back to Ilmarsh. Yeah. And he drags poor Sam (laughs) Daly. Sam Daly. Right along with him because he's the only one who has an automobile. To pull and it. what they figure is that with a rope attached to um, Arthur, he'll be able to drag out, I guess, the carriage, the carriage with the child in it. Right. It took a lot of guts for him to go into that nasty, muddy, mucky marsh, man. Yeah. Ugh. I don't know if I would have been able to do that. But they. the point is, this scene looked really hard to film. Yes. It looked very uncomfortable, but they pull out the carriage, they take the body, and they put him in the nursery in hopes that this will be the answer. Mm-hmm. Now, when this is happening, when Arthur is upstairs putting the the kid's body in the nursery, now uh, Sam has an encounter. When he's there, he sees Nicholas. Mm-hmm. And what it is, it's the, the ghosts locking him into a room so right. that he can't go help Arthur or, Mm -hmm. you know, get involved. And it's important to say, though, that up until now, we've we've found out that Sam Daly just does not believe in ghosts, or at least he's denying the possibility. I think he did. He just, his logical mind did not want to accept that this was a possibility. Right. That there is such a thing as ghosts, and that his wife was channeling children or his child, his Nicholas through her. Yeah. So... 
I think at this point, it's like the, oh, shit, the epiphany that, yes, yeah. you have to admit to yourself that this is real. Exactly. So, Arthur, like I said, Sam is locked in, like, some pantry thing. Arthur's upstairs. The woman in black does show up. She, like, screams. But she's still angry. Yeah, she's still angry. Even when she sees the body and it looks like she went towards it, she's screaming and she still looks mad. Yeah. Like, I don't know if maybe she's just mad because, you know, her son is still dead. Like, this mm -hmm. doesn't change anything. Right. No matter what, he exactly. still died. Um, once she screams and she kind of disappears, the door does open back up for Sam. And now they go bury Nathaniel with... Jeanette like they no, literally Nathan is it Nathaniel yeah, yeah Nicholas Nathaniel. is Nicholas I get them confused yeah um they literally go to her grave and open it, it up and open it and put him in there yeah ew mm -hmm. and they think that you know that everything's cool mm -hmm. but they pan as they leave they pan back to the house and Jeanette you hear her repeating I will never forgive, never forgive, over, over and, and over. over and over. And it fades out and it goes back to um, Arthur on the at the train station waiting for it to come back. So apparently, I this part I didn't understand. Why, why was Joseph coming to him? I didn't understand that. I think that. at the beginning of the movie, what they said is like, oh, we're going to meet up and we're going to have some fun together. Oh, kind of like a little trip, a little an excursion trip. for them. Oh, okay. And remember, they t earlier, and I don't think we mentioned this. They tried to send a telegraph to stop him from coming. Oh, yes, but of course, it was too. It, they the telegraph office office had burned down. Yeah, so they couldn't get it they out. They couldn't, and it would take hours to get to the next town, so they couldn't even do that. So he's waiting for him at the station to basically jump back on the train to leave to London and get away. Right. So Joseph and the nanny get there, and the minute. Exactly that. Hello. He tells the nanny, please buy three tickets and we're going straight back now. Right. Arthur is holding Joseph's hand and talking to Sam Daly, like saying their goodbyes right. while she's buying the tickets. And then all of a sudden you see Joseph look off. Mm -hmm. And you're like, as the viewer, you're like, oh shit. Yeah. You know what's going to happen. You, you know what you he's know. looking at. Yeah. And he walks away in from Joseph, uh, from Arthur, right, in a trance. Arthur doesn't notice that the child has let go, mm -hmm. and he goes onto the train tracks. And, of course, when the train starts making the noise that it's coming is when Arthur looks Realizes, over. yeah. And when he looks over, he sees her. Yeah, on the other side of on the, the train other track, side. and she's just standing there. Mm -hmm. the well, that's anger. all she does. Yeah, that is true, but... Her anger is just, mm -hmm. you could, it's palpable. You can feel it. You see it in her face. And she's like, yeah, no, you don't get to get away. Nope. And Arthur goes to save Joseph, but... It's too late. The yeah. train is coming at them. He goes onto the track to get the little boy and boom. So initially, obviously you think, oh, they're safe. But when you look at Sam's reaction, you know that they're dead. Yeah. And then it cuts to them, Arthur and Joseph getting up, but something is weird about the scene There's now. a dreamy quality to it. Yeah. They're still at the train station. They're at the track, but Sam is gone. It's, Everybody's gone. It looks abandoned. Mm -hmm. And then they look over. Joseph said, who's that? And then Arthur says that that's your mom. And now you know that they are, dead. in fact, dead. 
Mm-hmm. And the movie ends with her at the train. I think there's still like she's still at the train station, and it's just a. Uh, an angle of her looking out or kind of straight, right? And then I stop looking. Because <laughs> she looks at you, right? The viewer? Mm-hmm. The woman in black? Yes. I didn't want to look at her because I find her really scary. And that's about it. That's how it ends. And that's how it ends. But, I, you know, I know that it's a sad ending. It's not the Lottie da ending because Arthur and his child die. But at the same time, it's... They get reunited in death. Yeah. Which is what he kind of wanted. He kind of wanted that. It's kind of hinted at when he puts that blade under his chin. Yeah. And it's a relief for him. Probably. Unfortunately, the child also dies, too. Yeah. But now he's reunited with the family. The three of them are reunited with the mom, the wife. I guess if you want to look at it in that aspect, but it's an unhappy ending in the sense that all this stuff didn't work. Like, this woman is so vengeful and yeah. evil that like she, she is said pissed off never man. right she, and she never does forgive right. so the town is not saved right arthur and joseph obviously are not saved and the curse continues and part of the curse because we forgot to mention it when elizabeth was describing what happened to nicholas apparently mm-hmm. he was at the beach and the tide took him in mm-hmm. it's that the woman in black makes them do these things yes by obviously her supernatural power. Yeah. She's scary. Okay? Like just and that's so this is what I like about this movie, right? It doesn't use special effects. It I mean, not, it not ju- really, it probably but probably does, but not the kind in your face where you're like, like House on oh, Haunted wow. Hill. What a cool special effect. Like House on Haunted Hill. Please. Let's not go there. <laughs> so, but it uses practical in the sense that, oh, it's something in the background. Oh, it's a glimpse. Oh, mm-hmm. it's this. It's makeup. It's, it's screaming. It's subtle. And it's just her presence. Is enough. Because it's the costume and that veil. So it give, you can't really see her. And but the you anger do. behind the veil. Because right. you do see that or you feel it. It's stone cold. Mm-hmm. Literally like a stone. Mm-hmm. And it's just enough to give you the shiver that if you look in your home in a dark space, you think you're going to maybe see her. Tell me the truth. When you came home that night? Yeah, I was a little spooked. You were, weren't you? Because yeah. you were saying, I don't know if I'm going to be able to... I'm going to be seeing her everywhere. In my mind. Right. Mm-hmm. Because she has that. Her, that her and the chick, the old lady from Insidious, which we'll have to revisit. She's another. She's actually a little scarier because she has a distorted face. Mm-hmm. Like she's another one that freaked me out. But they both have that same like black uh, costume and the, it's their the veil. that's just menacing. Yeah. Menacing. Menacing, menacing. And the thing is they make her look like this tall, big, you know, like lady and just scary. Mm-hmm. So Bravo, I think it's a great movie, and I love to watch this over and over. <laughs> sound and movie, mm-hmm. not um, not unlike the sound of the pigeon who has decided to hang out by, by the, the window. window today. So if you hear the hooting of the pigeon, I guess they hoot. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that's why it's there. Yep. That added to the podcast sound. And in the very, 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 very far distance, I also heard our friendly neighborhood woodpecker. I did. You I heard did him? hear him. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Sound and movie. Yes. Go ahead. Um, I thought the music was great. It had the creepy, ominous music. It just added to it. it. 
to me it amped up the movie and it mm-hmm. was atmospheric and it, it and it was in keeping with the whole gothic yes. theme. So I think it was perfectly done. It wasn't so in your face, mm-hmm. but it created every scene. Like it got you ready for the next scene. Does it make sense that it kind of if if that manner had music, it would be that. Like mm-hmm. it had that fog like you hear it, and I think of a foggy, mm-hmm. mysterious, eerie place. Yep, I and agree. that's what the music represents. Yeah, which is what the manor is anyway, and the sleepy town. Yep. kind of thing. All right, best scene. What was your best scene? Um, I'm seeing here what you wrote as your best scene, but and and I agree. All the house, all the scenes inside the house were very mm-hmm. intense, and but I have like a favorite scene. If I have to pick one up. Mm-hmm. It would be the part where um, Arthur goes to try to save the Jerome kid. Okay. Because that's when you see her in action, really see her in action, mm-hmm. where she stares at, she's there and, and, and pushes that child basically to do what she did. I thought that was crazy. You see her finally doing it. True. Until now it's been implied or in or in flashbacks or in images. Yeah. But this is her in action. She's there. And the next time you see her is when she gets rid of Arthur and, and his child. Yeah. But this is the first time you see her. She's standing there. She's forcing, I guess, mentally this child to kill herself. Yeah. yeah. So That's I thought that scene. was chilling. And you? Well, I mean, you, you kind of said it because we agreed. I just liked all the parts of Arthur in the house because of what I was saying. It's the practical scares of just you. You're looking at him looking through this paperwork, but in the background you see the woman in black mm-hmm. walking noises and the rocking chair. It's going back and forth. And then in one shot you see her. And then in the next, you don't see her. It's just those it's classic subtle. scares. Yeah. The noises. And the fact that I would love and not love to be in a house like that, I'm obsessed with trying to find a manor <laughs> just to look at it and go inside and see what it's like to see an old house like that, but not stay mm-hmm. the night. You yes, know. you did have that little tangent a couple of weeks ago about manners. I did. And your dad was listening to you like, oh boy. This girl has gone insane. What movie was it? I don't know what movie You'd it was think about that it. prompted that whole... That I want a manor? <laughs> I do want a manor. Yes, it was hilarious. I know. All right, enough tangent on the manor. Mm-hmm. What is your best character? Same one as yours, Arthur. Yeah. I-, I loved the role. I loved him. Yeah. And, you know, I too have a soft spot for um, Radcliffe. Yeah. Because of the Harry Potter movies, they also remind me of you as a child, so... Yeah. yeah, Arthur was, and my second favorite would have been would be Sam, Sam. Bailey. Me too. I, I, I loved him. He was Me awesome. Too. Yeah. So we agree that the best character is Arthur. Um, best unlikable character, and we agree on this one too. The woman in black. Yeah, she was a great evil, bad, unlikable character. Like I hated her. I yeah. hated her vengeance, but yet I will say I can kind of understand it. I don't know if I would be able to forgive if something like that. Oh my god happened to you right i don't know that i could forgive anyone for something like that right but i like that she just stayed evil until the end that mm-hmm. the reuniting didn't do anything kind of like the ring yeah it didn't solve it didn't anything make a difference she was she still is just 
Right. Anger yeah. and evil. They didn't it they didn't turn the bad guy or bad woman into a good one at the end. And I, right. I hate movies where all of a sudden this horrible evil thing, person, presence, whatever, all goes of a sudden good. goes good. It's like, no, no, that doesn't make any sense. Agree. Agree. All right, now to the fun uh topic. What character would you be? So I'm going first. I chose that you would be Elizabeth Daly. Why? Because I can see you saying that you have this thing talking through you <laughs> and that you would carve shit, maybe not in your own dining room table, but that you would be like the medium. I and, can see and, that. You know, a little... I'll go with that. Eccentric. Yeah. Um, That's what I chose. <laughs> for you, I picked uh, Jerome. Because you'd okay. be like, get out of here. You need to go. Ugh. Get away from me. Get... <laughs> Go. Get away from us if yeah. you're bringing us bad luck. Exactly. You'd be the one like, get the fuck away from me. Yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. All right. Does it hold up? Yes. yes. <laughs> All right. And now our favorite category, the seven rules. These are our seven rules to... Stay safe in a horror movie. So let's see what rules are broken because there's always broken rules in horror movies and this is why people are never safe. That's right. This is this is what can lead or does lead to their demise. So I'll start off with rule number one. Mm -hmm. Don't say hello or who's there. Rule number two, turn on the lights. Rule number three, don't split up. Rule number four, don't go upstairs in the basement or the attic. Rule number five, why are you going in there if it says... Don't enter, no trespassing, or just looks damn creepy. Rule number six, make sure the bad guy is dead. And rule number seven, no Ouija board. All right, so this is what I have, and I actually thought of one when we were discussing the rules. Mm -hmm. I have, of course, why are you going in there? I mean, I know it's part of his job, but, you know, if I saw that house, and even from the first, like, noise and scare, I'd be like, all right, you know what? You can take this paperwork and shove it <laughs> <laughs> or just gather it and leave. And leave. But you've already seen the woman in black at that point or you've had a contact with I her. I guess. Fine. I guess you're screwed no matter how we look at it you here. You are. Arthur does say, does say who's there when he opens the front door and all those dead kids eventually show up. He's like, who's there? Yeah, I remember you saying, look, he said it. He, he said, said it. it. It's been a while since somebody's done the hello or who's there. So yes. it was fun. Yeah. Arthur goes upstairs multiple times mm -hmm. when he just shouldn't. Right. And they actually, they're splitting up here because he does split up from the town. Sam Daly or from his child, from everything. Yes. There is a splitting up. But he doesn't really have a choice here. I know. But That's why that one's a little, up. eh. He could have not gone back. Right. This is true, which is goes back to why are you going in there mm -hmm. again? But I do, I said it earlier, and I will give him credit again. He at least follows the rules of turning on lights. Yes. He did light candles. Every time. And at least he tried. Yeah. He opened windows, you mm -hmm. know. He at least tried that. He but tried that to didn't not matter. be in the dark. But that didn't matter because she hangs out during the day, so fuck yeah. it. <laughs> Clearly she does. <laughs> and then next, Scream Award. How many times does Erica scream in a movie? Yeah, you were out of control in this one. I lost count. It was definitely at, at least five out of five, if not more. It, it, more like if not more. <laughs> <laughs> we rented The Woman in Black on Vudu, but you can also rent it on Apple TV, 
YouTube, Redbox, and Amazon. Well, this was a great movie to watch. We finally got something <laughs> that we this like. month. This ends May Hauntings. Yes, it does. It took a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's great. I love this movie. I think I will always love this movie. It's really dear to my haunting heart. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us today at Horror Cafe. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook with our handle at Horror Cafe Podcast. And we also have a website, horrorcafepodcast.com. Please comment, like, subscribe, send us emails. We'd love to hear from you. We love feedback and fan mail. I get really excited when I get an email from our followers. And please send us emails because we really read them and we do reply. And please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That'll really help us out. You can leave the star review. And if you can leave a comment, that would be great too. Absolutely. We really appreciate it. And until next time, stay spooky. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.